How do you find the will to fight back against a world that wants to keep you sedated, average, and stuck in place? Join us for the tools and strategies you need to create a life of abundance, discipline, and high achievement. This business, this is the Tactical Empire with Jeff Smith. guys today i'm excited to welcome in a dear friend of mine and a mentor someone i definitely look up to and uh i, I think he really epitomizes of what we're trying to do here because he's already done it as far as uh building building an empire and building your life to design lifestyle exactly the way you want it designed um this man has quite a history and a story, and I'm very excited to welcome in Sammy Knight. Sammy, thanks for coming in, and I look forward to you to meet everybody and then hearing about your story. So thank you. Thank you. It's, um, it's an honor to be called a dear friend by you because we uh, actually met Kirsten first at a fly-in Friday. And we had to turn around and introduce ourselves and speak about who we were for 90 seconds. And then the other person would get to speak for 90 seconds. I just thought, man, she is sharp. And I said, where's your husband? And she said, right there. And I went, and he's kind of quiet. I love these two people before I ever got to know you. <laughs> and then I had the, then I had the honor of taking you hunting a couple of times and I really got to know you and got you behind my gate so I could get behind your gate and understand more and i love watching you and your family and just it's just so cool well you've been so hugely cool. supportive to me whether you know it or not I, I i really appreciate you always being there for us and uh i mean when i when i call you answer and that means a lot to me so i appreciate you um you yeah my wife she's uh pretty smart so she's definitely Ooh. puts our best foot forward <laughs> She is, and she, um, you know, I love the way she has such a uh, comfort in giving her opinion about things in life that make you go, that doesn't make any sense. And so she gives her opinion in a very subtle way that I just love, and you stand behind her and smile and support her and you're as proud of her as uh, anybody could possibly be. And that, my friend, is cool. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I tell people she's the smartest person I ever met. And she doesn't just open her mouth and bloviate like a lot of people do. <laughs> so, like, if you're going to take her on in an argument, you better have your shit together. So. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, she she knows her stuff. Um <laughs> Man, can, can you tell the audience a little bit about your story and how you, how you came up, business and everything? Uh, yeah, I grew up in a small town, started dating my wife when I was 16, um, married her when I was 20, um, and was going to go to work for the same company my dad worked for, AT&T, and worked for the phone company for the rest of my life, just like he did, and retire, and live in this little small community and uh, raise children and live life. And um, 
along the way, I lost my job when AT&T split into all the baby bells and everybody with less than four years service was told to go home. I had three years and 11 months. And they said, if you're under four years service, don't uh, wait on us to call you back. Uh, go find a new job. And I had no skills. Uh, didn't have a college degree. I had a junior college associate's degree, but it was in animal science. So, you know, I could shovel shit out of a barn if I needed to and uh, knew how to push a cow around, you know, but um, that was about the size of it. So I went through a pretty long 90 day window of time trying to figure out what in the world I was going to do. And I was married. Anyway, friend of mine called and got an opportunity in the insurance business, became an adjuster. And um, then I got an opportunity to, after I learned as much of that as I possibly could, which to me, it taught me how to negotiate. Uh, as an adjuster, you're the guy in the middle or the gal in the middle, and uh, both sides are not going to be happy. One's going to win and one's going to lose, and you're always going to be this SOB to one and great guy to the other. Um, but it was a great training for being able to negotiate. Then I went to work in the sales business and I utilized those skills uh, in selling when I was in the food business. Very fortunate there. had a lot of great people that gave me a chance and uh, moved up the ladder pretty good and great opportunities and very successful, but still missing something. Um, but I learned how to take risks there and how to utilize my head and my my strengths to better the business and better myself. Then I went into the camouflage business. It was my first sticking my toe in the water of being an entrepreneur. I had a minority interest in there uh, and we just grew like gangbusters. And the guy that founded the business uh, was uh, kind enough to kind of turn me loose. Probably days he wished he hadn't, but um, we made a lot of things happen, me and the team, and grew the business way beyond a lot of people's wildest dreams. And then I left that and got into real estate. It's kind of tricking along, trucking along, and had an opportunity to open a business in China. Did like every entrepreneur, and I went to Shanghai and opened a business over there, lived there for about three and a half years, kind of off and on. Uh, then I continued to expand my real estate businesses. I've consulted with a lot of companies along the way, some Fortune 5, uh, several into Fortune 500, um, and built our real estate businesses and uh, property management, sales, mortgage, appliance repair, continue to consult and uh, just love life. I mean, I wake up every day, probably for the past 25 years with the intention of working myself out of a job. And, um, and I work real hard at not having a job, but having an experience. And uh, that's been awesome. And I have an incredible partner and I screwed up more times than you can imagine, but she's tough. She's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys have been married 46 years. 
42 years, been together 42, for 47. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, okay, 40. okay. Oh, it just seems like yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you guys, it, you, you make it sound so simple when you say your story. You're just like, oh, I did this and then did that. A couple things here, a couple things there. Um, one of the things I want to touch on because you, you, so you talk about last 25 years, you get up to try to work yourself out of a job. When do you think, or, or maybe you never went in with the intention of working in the business versus kind of on the business. I think one of the things that business owners struggle with the most, uh, coming up the path, most of them are like solopreneurs. That's how they start. And then how did you get to the point where you kind of saw the framework to be able to build a business that you can actually kind of CEO the business and not be in the day-to-day operation? Did you always know that? Or was that from the corporate world or where did that come from? You know, the corporate, the corporate world at the time I was in there, their big buzzword was, run it like it's an entrepreneurial uh, business. And, but they didn't really mean that because what they wanted you to do is make decisions, but get permission first. And the one thing that I think corporate America taught me better than, than most is the importance of people. And I had to do some things and, and let people go that was totally wrong, but it, it was about a number. And, um, so I always had a tremendous amount of respect for people. And when I say I work myself out of a job, if I've got people working with me, they can't grow if I'm in the way. And so I've got to get out of the job and allow them to do it. And I, I, it's funny, I talked to a man today on the phone just an hour ago. That's why I was tied up during lunch. I talked to him for about 30, 40 minutes. He runs about a $150 million company, extremely successful, 68 years old. He had a great CEO. I actually helped him find this CEO. And then I was kind of the guy in the middle that was telling the C- the new CEO, it's a great opportunity. I'm talking to both of them. I had no, no play in the game other than two people that I knew. And, um, they parted ways recently and part of it's because the guy that says he wants to retire, he can't, he's got to keep sticking his toe in the water. And, you know, if you're given the duty to run the business and the person you work for keeps sticking their toe and toe in or walking in and going, Hey, did you think about this? Instead of, I got a question for you. Here's a thought or, is there any other way that we might could approach things, you know, and try to get that engagement. Um, but when you keep sticking your toe in the water and going, this is hot and this is what you need to do. You're, you're in the way or get them out of there and get back in there and start doing the job because you don't want to leave it alone. And, uh, but people, man, I say this all the time, but people mean, so much to me and it means so much to business and we so often look the other way you know if you got a star that you feel real confident they can handle it let them handle it 
catch them when they fall, but let them handle it. And you'll continue to build people. You'll, you'll grow your business. You'll be able to step away. Your mind time will be much more valuable and you'll be able to utilize that mind time to help create the vision for the company. So that's where. Yeah, I think people do have a, a really hard time just letting go and trusting that trusting that the job will get done. Yeah, it, and, you know, if you did your job right training somebody, they won't fail. If they fail and you look deep enough, you probably didn't do your job right teaching them. So it's your fault. You know, and I always had the mindset that if somebody failed, it's my fault. They won. It was their success. Always been that way. Never wanted to be in front of the limelight ever. Love that. I love that because it's so true. Everything really is your fault. And it's generally a training issue or something like that, or you hired wrong. It's still your fault. Like, <laughs> you know, speaking about hiring wrong, I always had another philosophy when it came to that. I tried to fire them before I hired them. Yep. That, that meant in my interview process, I was pretty relentless to make sure that if it wasn't the right fit, that I never hired them. Hmm. Um, so I, I went into them with my interview part whenever I, when it came to me to try to find enough to make sure that I wasn't going to have to fire them later. And, um, it's a whole lot easier to fire them before you hire them. Yeah. I like that. I like that. A lot of people, I mean, so many, especially small business owners have no hiring process. So like, that's a huge problem. So do you have any, do you have any tips for that when you were small coming up? Like, would was all the hiring on you? It, it was. And as we grew, it was all on me still, for the most part, is today. Because I think you build a culture. And if you don't know it better than anybody else, then you got a, you got a company that's going to fail. So you have to be that final say-so to say this fits the culture, I think. Um, it, it, and... And the people that I've been fortunate enough to hire, I mean, I got people that have been with me for 12, 13, 14 years. It's not that they couldn't go somewhere else and make a little more money. I had a, I had a plan when I first started as an entrepreneur stems back to corporate America. You know, the bigger people get the more, regardless if you're an entrepreneurial company or not, the bigger you get, the more corporate you become. And I had one goal. And that was to make sure that everybody that went to work for me that qualified for health insurance got it. And we, we paid the full amount for a long time. Now we pay the largest percentage and the employee pays a small amount. Um, But that's the one thing that I've been able to keep a lot of my folks on. And that was an idea that I had only because I think it's a slap in the face when you hire somebody and say, we're going to give you insurance and you go down the way a little ways and you go, okay, we're going to give you as the employee 
insurance. You pay half and we'll pay half. And if your family needs to be in there, you pay for your family. So I never, I never liked that. And, um, that was a goal I had. I think that's part of why I'm able to keep folks, you know, because uh, so many companies don't offer it. And it, when I first started doing that, it was our ninth largest expense. We probably only had 10 expenses at the time, but uh, it was our ninth largest today. It's our second. Oh, I'm sure. And, and our government doesn't do anything to help us. Right. Right. Yeah. Man, that that's philosophically, that's amazing that you've been able to do that for all these years. Cause I mean, that was one of the first things that people started bailing on for sure. Once everything started changing and the expenses went up so high, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. So, I, had, I had a guy tell me one time too, it's a whole lot better to make five fast nickels than two slow dimes. So sometimes you got to, cut your compensation to compensate the others that work with you. And they in turn will turn, will will return that favor tenfold. So you just make faster nickels instead of slow dimes that way. And I think that's a great approach. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good saying. I like that. Um, so what do you enjoy doing right now? Because you've, you've built all these companies and they're mostly in the real estate vertical to be fair now that you actively own, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. so you own mortgage businesses, title businesses. Property management. Real estate. Everything's brokerage. tied to real estate. Yeah, yep. investments. Everything's tied to real estate. Everything. Gotcha. Um, you know, my passion is hunting. My first... Uh, love is my family because I spent a lifetime being gone, not being real bright. Um, and so that's, that's why I wake up every day. Um, my wife is smart enough to know that that time I spend hunting is equally as valuable to her because I come back with such a clear head, man. I used to, I used to have a real, real short temper and it didn't take much for me to blow. And when I blew, I blew loud, aggressive. It was, I, I, I think back and I'm like, God, there's so many people that they should have stabbed me in the head for doing some of the things I did. But, you know, and, and that, that every people call it balance or whatever, but that, that part of my life caused that calm to occur. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't lose my cool anymore. You can't, you can't make me lose my cool unless you try to harm my family. And then no. that's not losing my cool. Cause I've always been comfortable going to jail for the rest of my life. So that doesn't bother. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I totally understand that. And I can, I can speak for you that you, you are a even keeled, calm, calm presence. And it's, it's refreshing. Um, Cause I'm still just a young buck that's wound tight and stressed out like you're talking about. So <laughs> I, I enjoy your presence and your sense of calm. 
just uh, I had to learn it when I was your age. Holy cow! I had to live with my kids. I'm ready. It, it, it's just taken me a long time. I was not age. Um, but the big thing, and I posted about this the other day, I think life has two pieces. It's personal and professional. You can't make a third. Everything falls in those two. And so many times we look at them as buckets that we jump in and out of, you know. Oh, I've got to be in my personal bucket today, and then I'm going to go get on my professional bucket, and I'm going to be in my professional bucket. And and I was that way. And when I finally clicked and I finally heard the pop from my head coming out of my butt, um, I started realizing that they aren't silos and that you have to make them – you have to – sorry about that – battery thing popped up you have to make them work together and it's not easy and i'm gonna tell you and what makes me so proud of you and kirsten is the two of y'all have the personal piece figured out and if if you can figure that one out the professional piece is baby shit you know it it's easy. I don't care. I don't care how rocky the professional side of your life gets. If you've got the other figured out, it's the foundation that allows you to deal with it and deal with it with a clear mind. And so many people hop from silo to silo, depending on what's going on. And you really need to make them be one. It doesn't mean that business comes home and personal goes to work. It just means they have to they have to work together, and it's not easy. Truly, not easy. But when you figure that out, it just it's like somebody sprinkled pixie dust. Magic comes, and that's that's what I tell every young person as they're embarking on their success. I had a call with a young man yesterday from Reno, just out of the blue, said, "Hey, man, I'd I'd love to just talk to you." Sure, I was driving back to Texas one night, and we had a great conversation. And it went from his business growth to his family and things that have occurred in his family and changes that are in the future. And and I told him, I said, buddy, you make that happen, this other's easy. Yeah. It was a great conversation, and uh, there's no doubt in my mind he will. Well, Sammy, I spent years, probably 10 years, just butting my head on like a, a professional ceiling that I couldn't break through. And that's what I couldn't figure out what it was. And it's because I was doing what you were talking about, where I was like trying to work, work, work and say, oh, well, when I when I do this, then everything's taken care of and I'll fix all this shit at home or whatever. Right. And uh, it about three, four years ago, we went real deep on like fixing all of our stuff at home. And like, now we just merge it all together. Like it all is part of our lives and we've had explosive growth since then. Honestly. I mean, the, the, I mean, we're not where I want to be, but we're going and, uh, it, and you're, you're right though. I, I think that kind of 
I resisted it for so long because I thought it had to be separate and I had to be fighting these like polar opposite things I was pulling in different directions. And when, when I was able to put them together and say, you know what, first of all, like my, my personal discipline and consistency is what changed everything. And like, once I got that like dialed in it, then I was able to work far more efficiently. So I get done mm-hmm. in two to four hours, like 10 hours worth of work now. And mm-hmm. then I'm able to do everything. I'm able to do that family stuff. We're able to homeschool the kids. We're able to do all this. I can pay attention to my wife. I can make space for her to go work out and do shit she wants to do. So she's full too. Right. And, uh, and then when we start doing that, everything starts coming together. Business gets better. The family gets better. Kids get better. All of it comes together and, and it's nice. Yeah, it really is. You, you, you think about it. These are people that we met and God put us together and somehow there's a reason that happened. Yeah. And for whatever reason we think, and I'm, I'm Mr. Macho, believe me. We think, okay, that's my job. And I really got that from my dad. So I fought my dad a little bit and I'll tell you that in a second, but that's my job. And if it gets shitty, then I'll just deal with it. Well, then you come home and your wife's had a good day and she's all happy. And Well, how was your day? And you go, it's fine. Well, did you have, did you have a good day with people that you work with? Yeah. Like, she's not going to recognize that, that something's wrong, you know, please give me a break. And I was a guy that thought, well, she won't recognize it. Little did I know, but my dad told me when I got married, you know, we were up in front of the church and, uh, he was my best man. And after the, the I do's, they put us off to the side, let the crowd get out. So they get those last pictures, you know, at the ceremony. And I standing there on the side with my dad and he came up to me and he said, I sure have enjoyed having you as my son. I thought, well, shit, am I dying? And he <laughs> said, uh, he said, he said, it's not that you're go- not going to be my son forever. He said, but your duties are changing. He said, from here on, you got a new job and this is who you're going to be. He said, you're going to be a provider for that little girl and family down the way. And he, I mean, right there, the night of the I do's just after I said it, he told me that I can hear him saying it right now, but, but he's right. What I didn't do was share that path of where we're going. I just said, hang on, we're on the way, you know? And then when I lost my job, I was even worse. Right. Uh, it was, Hey, we're moving to Nashville. When tomorrow, yep. you know, or one day I had a guy, my wife still, still stays on my butt about this. One day a guy knocked on our door one Sunday. I walked out and got him and he said, there's nothing for sale in town. Would you sell your house? I'm a new, new with the military base here. This was in Columbus. I walked him through and he said, man, I like it. Well, you take, I told him and he said, I'll get the paperwork drawn up Monday. I came back in. My wife's holding a baby, our youngest. And she said, who was that? And I said, he just bought our house. Not smart. 
bad day. <laughs> she said, well, you've got to get out of that. And I said, I can't. I told him I, I would sell it to him. And she said, well, where are we going to go? I said, you know, you'll find something. I'm on the road. You'll figure it out. We got 30 days. You got plenty of time. Not the 21st day, her with a baby. She called me on the phone. She said, I found a house that I absolutely love. It's in another community right outside where we live. And told me how much it was. And I said, wow, that's a little more than I was thinking. She said, you got a choice. You can buy this house or you can find your own place to live. <laughs> and hung up the phone. Good for her. <laughs> and I bought that house. I called my yep. banker buddy. I said, I don't know what it's going to take. I won't be back for seven days. This is back in the good days, you know. Right. I won't be back <laughs> for seven days, but I got to buy that house. He said, that's house going to be. It's going to close. Don't worry about it. When you get back, we'll get signed up. And can't do that nowadays. But anyway, it was um, an awakening. Mm -hmm. But that's what we do. And when when I talk about myself, I, you know, there's no doubt the, the strength of my life is because of my wife. Because she yep. stuck it out, you know. Yep. And she earned it. And I can honestly say she 100% earned it and deserves it. And the rest of my life, for all I screwed up in the past, the rest of my life is all about her. That's what, I love that's that. Personal life. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, it, there's a, <laughs> a lot of parallels and similarities as I came up through the corporate world, for sure. Because um, I took on the same kind of mindset, like traditional roles and like I needed to provide. And I put a lot of stress on myself and didn't communicate, didn't share any of that at all. And it was just like overwhelming. And over the years, it builds and it builds and it builds. And then you're, you're behaving in ways that weren't intended. They're not you. Right. And so yeah. you have to strip it all down and, and go all the way back and figure it out. <laughs> And, uh, so that's, that's it. Hey man, it, you've been amazingly successful though. So, <laughs> which you know, is fantastic. Running, running my businesses and, and the roles I played in my past. Um, I say this all the time. They may have had challenges. They may have had pressure cookers on them, but they were easy. When I look back, they were easy. And part of what made them easy for me is I was real fortunate that either I was the big dumb guy in the room and people felt sorry for me or something, but I had a lot of folks along my path that took the time to talk to me and call me out and, you know, not in a bad way where they try to humiliate me, but to pull me aside and say, Hey, have you ever thought about this? Or, you know, you just did something here. Let me give you something else to think about if that comes up again. They didn't have to do that. Yeah. They didn't have to care. I mean, they had their own corporate path they had to deal with. And somebody like me was possibly a threat, you know, because oftentimes it was somebody older. They didn't care. They didn't have to, but they did. And I call them sponsors, man. If I hadn't had sponsors, I probably would have failed miserably, but I had some sponsors that for some reason in every company 
for some reason took a liking to me or or something and i can name them because i was long gone from corporate america when i finally realized why i was successful and it was back to what i said a while ago the one thing that's the most valuable asset in business is people and those people cared enough to talk to me otherwise i'd have failed you want to talk about business p l's balance sheets things to do marketing the whole nine yards of running a business from soup to nuts i can talk to you all day long i i can look at your numbers and help you do anything you want to but if you don't fix you ain't gonna do no good that's it that's a hundred percent it for sure but the thing I see from you now is that, man, you are, you are paying that back in spades because that, that is seemingly what you wake up to do with each and every day. Now it like, I see you helping other people and, and being that kind of outreach for people constantly and calling people on their shit and, and nudging them that like, Hey man, you're not completely out of line, but maybe we should straighten this up. Let's change this azimuth a little bit, a couple degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that about you. Um, just because I, so the fact your mentors, your, your sponsors should be very proud or they would be very proud because, because you are returning the favor. I hope, I hope they would. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can for as long as I can. Just, I know that because of those people, I'm where I'm at, I'm at today professionally. There's no doubt. And, yep. uh, one of the first guys I worked for and he's passed now, a guy named Jay Tobin was my, my supervisor with the phone company. And he and my dad worked side by side. They were both supervisors. And so here's a guy that had to manage the son of his best friend in business. And, you know, that's a touchy situation at times. He was a rock star in how he handled me and how he took the time with me and how he supported my dad at the same time, uh, because not an easy situation. I'll never forget old Jay, just a great guy. He passed away a few years ago. But um, another example, he didn't have to do that. And he knew my dad well enough that if my dad knew I did something out of line, my dad would be real comfortable sending me home. It wouldn't phase him, you know. And uh, But it's people like that that just they didn't have to. Well, I think the most impressive thing about you that I've got to know is that, I mean, you've made a fortune. You're, you're very, very successful. So when you talk about these people that impacted your life, you could, you could have been very selfish in your vertical ascension because you've done fantastic and they would have been proud enough. Just like, man, I'm glad I pushed that guy along. He was the superstar. I thought he was going to be. But you and I talk a lot about impact and like 
what you've done is you've flipped that into a selfless role and tried to create as much success and ripple effect off of you as probably anyone I know. And it's that that's what is impressive to me. Um, and, and it's, it's something to certainly emulate. And, and that's why I hitch my wagon so closely to you. You're it's, I, I love watching that selfless behavior because you don't have to take Sunday phone calls on your drive back to Mississippi. Like you just mentioned from the guy in Reno, you don't have to do any of that stuff. Like you're done if you want to be done. And, uh, and, but you just wake up every day to serve your family and then serve others that are coming up behind you. And, and that's, that's admirable. Some people did it for me and did it to me. My dad told me when I was 14 and a lot of people have heard the story, but we were walking through a cemetery. We'd gone to a family uh, member funeral and we were walking out of the cemetery and we stopped by a headstone and my dad pointed the guy's name out and, he was somebody he knew, and he said, see that on his headstone? It says, uh, good father, good friend, good husband, you know, it listed all these accolades, and he said, that's going to determine whether or not you're successful in life, not how much money you make. And then we turned, to, I thought we were turning to walk away. I turned, and he said, but, and of course, I spun around. He, he said, but. If you really want to be a success, when you leave this earth, you'll leave everything you learned here. And you got to make sure that if anybody needs that, you leave it with them. And I didn't know what the hell that meant at 14. I, I just remember him saying it. But I can look back at all these sponsors and go, that's what it meant. And that's why I'm real comfortable. Hey, look, you don't have to listen to me. If somebody says, man, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I just want to give my two cents, you know, but um, at the end of the day, if I can help somebody be better and not make the boneheaded mistakes I made, man, I'm, I, I don't, you don't see me run around with a lot of stuff. Now I might have a gun or two that probably paid way too much money for, but um <laughs> But those stay hidden. But you know, I, I'm I'm just not that that guy. And yep. I want to make sure that you know if anybody wants to approach me, they don't have to go. Oh well, he's he's got some money. He doesn't have time for me. No, that's not true. I've always got time. You know, and because somebody did it for me. Dude, you can't yep. imagine how screwed up I'd have been. I would probably have gone to jail. Good possibility. Because I was bulletproof. I was hard-headed. I had a terrible temper. And about half the time, a shitty attitude. And I had to grow out every one of those. Yep. That's a recipe right there. For disaster. Yes. <laughs> Very relatable, but I, I, I can, I can relate to it on a lot of levels. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know, one thing I, I got to say was cool the other day when I pulled up to the uh, RV park where y'all were on Saturday and you and Kirsten were outside had a cooler between you 
you were using it like a coffee table with had a cup on it, like water in it. I think that's what was in it actually. And chairs and y'all were talking in that RV park. Your kids were playing and you were communicating with one another. And as I pulled up, I was like, I like that. Because we don't do it. We don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So don't stop doing it. We're, we're pretty big on lack of electronics on our trips when we get out on the road because we try to try to have conversations, pay attention to each other, read books, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's why we do it. That's why we do it. And that's I mean, it's fun to have the kids out of school and be in the doing homeschooling with them. Cause I think that we we're afforded, we're, we're fortunate enough to have the unique opportunity that we can kind of get out on the road and I'm not necessarily tied down to a bunch of stuff that they, they can actually experience things and, and learn the way that I believe you should um, about a lot of these things. I mean, as far as business, as far as whatever your core curriculum, math, history, st- stuff like geography, things like that. We, we get out on the road and we, we learn it. Yeah. Like a freelance biology lesson with a dead bird. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy gave my kids a, uh, a biology lesson of my, my son. I, I think it was my son. One of them found a dead dove in the back of his truck. And so we had an impromptu science project right there in the RV parking lot. So we're, we're always learning. <laughs> Constantly growing and learning. <laughs> that was fun. If you were to leave an up-and-coming entrepreneur, because mostly I, I would say our audience is is here for this show, the male entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs coming at, they're looking to make the leap from the corporate world um, with families. If you had a piece of advice for like a 30-something-year-old a, a guy with uh, a couple kids. I think we've covered a lot of it, but what, what would, what kind of piece of advice would you have for that person? If you were to rewind a couple decades and say, here's what I would give you as advice, son. Um, well, the obvious is the family part, you know, it, it's going to be some rocky seas ahead. So understand that she's coming with you and the children are coming with you and that's got to stay strong. I don't care how tough it gets because it's going to get tough as an entrepreneur. It's going to get tough. The other thing is think, think your, think your path through and through before you leap, make sure you're comfortable with it. And, um, and, 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 you know, do all the math and don't, don't make your leap. I, I'm going to say this because I see a lot of mistakes made here. We we put it on a spreadsheet and we think because it's on the spreadsheet, it works. I mean, the math all worked. And if I do this, this happens and this happens and it trickles down and here's the profit and spreadsheets aren't your path. Yep. So do your homework real good and then go all in. Do not look back as a what if I would have stayed only look back for experience and knowledge but always push forward and and if you'll do that you won't 
get cold feet six months into it and go, Tyler, I wish I'd have stayed at my corporate job. When you start saying that, this stops happening. This is your dream. Make your dream happen. Yep. Don't lose focus. That's the biggest thing. I, I think that that's the biggest regret I had coming into the entrepreneurial world is I was always trying to hedge and look around and you have to stay focused and on one thing. You can't supplement with all these other side things and like you have to just get narrow and grow, grow, grow that thing. And then I tell yeah. people it, it, it takes two times as long or costs three times as much as you expect. <laughs> one or the other <laughs> well it does and 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 don't be afraid to hire somebody if you start when you start making the money and you start seeing that income come in remember the money that you're making belongs to your business doesn't belong to you you need to pay yourself a salary or however you're going to compensate yourself out of the business but that's the company's money make smart decisions with the company's money. And when it comes time to, you know, to, to really step up to the next level, understand your weaknesses and don't be afraid of them because you may need to hire somebody to bring strengths to your weaknesses while you focus where you're strong, understand them. Don't be afraid to say, I'm not good at distribution. I need to go find me somebody that can handle my distribution or marketing or whatever it is. You'll always come out head and shoulders ahead. Entrepreneurs sometimes have a tendency to throw that ego in there and they stick their thumb in their suspenders and say, everything happens because of me and this won't work if I'm not involved. And I hate to tell you, but that's bullshit. It'll probably work better in some instances without you involved. 100%. That's really good advice on the the reinvestment into the asset over time because like truly I think that's where people miss the mark. They think when they they gross 10 grand, they're going to be taking home 10 grand. And the longer that you can delay that gratification and reinvest, reinvest, reinvest in infrastructure and people, like you're going to build yourself something that's going to pay you forever if you can hold out long enough and not bleed the golden goose dry. That's, that is a, that is a very wise piece of advice. Yep. You can get there. It just focus is critical. You're exactly right. But, but know your weaknesses, shore up your weaknesses, push your strengths harder, hire when you need to. Don't be afraid to, because it's only going to add, value to you and you know the the biggest hire i ever made in my early days was the cfo scared me to death i'm a i'm a good numbers guy and i have a pretty good vision with it but i need somebody to help me and uh man it was expensive and i i tried to hire a cheap one and cheap financial people just not a good move and so i finally had to roll my sleeve up and say i'm gonna hire the right one and when i did that I sat him down and I said, look, this scares me what I'm fixing to do and hiring you, but I think you're the right person and I'm going to give you one assignment. And the guy said, what's that? And I said, I want you to pay me back for your salary. 
and I don't want you to pay me in five years. I want you to pay me back today, this year. He paid me back threefold what I paid him in the first year because he found so many holes that I, I was just going right past. I thought I was strong in that, but I really wasn't. And best hire I ever made. Yeah. So, it's funny how that works out sometimes, right? <laughs> it is. But make them pay for themselves. You either figure out how they pay for themselves or you tell them, hey, you're costing me this. You got to pay me back. If it's a sales role, they got to pay you back. Yep. If they can't, you got the wrong person. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Sammy, I know you've got to go, man. I appreciate your time. Where can people find you if they want to hook up with you? Best thing is DM me at Sammy Knight on Facebook. And um, my Instagram is Tiger Knight 58 nickname. Uh, yeah. But DM me on Facebook is probably the fastest way, or and I'll get back to you. I'm pretty good right. at returning calls. This man can answer all your questions. So follow him, look him up, Sammy Knight on Facebook, Tiger Knight on Instagram. And I'll drop those all in the show notes and hook everybody up. So no big deal. Thank you so much, Sammy. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your time and we'll get you back on here soon. I, I really just enjoy talking to you and going back and forth with you. And uh, we'll, we'll have you on again soon. Thank you. I look forward to it. Have a great day. Thank you. For me. Will do. <laughs> thank, thank you for listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. We'll, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you on the next episode. Next episode of the Tactical Empire.